When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Will Friedell, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. In the year 2039, Gotham City has no heroes. Its people, no hope. Its youth, no future. Terry McGinnis was part of the problem. You can't control your temper, and you're better if you expect to get anywhere in life. Yeah, I'll be a big success, just like you. Until a moment of violence brought him to the door of a man named Bruce Wayne. Let's put a smile on his face. Leave him alone. Once known as the Batman. You're something. You okay? Now, the Dark Knight will rise again to drive the shadow of evil from the streets of Gotham. Let's go! Super villains, beware! There's a new Batman in town. Batman Beyond. You're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman. Justice returns to Gotham. Welcome to my world. Welcome, everybody, to episode 216 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right. It is Liam. Liam, we've uh, turned the page. We are uh, we are more than halfway through the year 2022, and uh, we are moving on. That means with the new month, means uh, returning to a different series. We had a great month last month reviewing our Elseworlds Boy Wonder Month. Uh, you can check those out in the archives if you missed any of those. We had a lot of fun taking a trip around the multiverse, but we are back in the DCAU proper this week, and uh, we decided to take a trip to the future, back to the future, you might say. Uh, and uh, we're going to be reviewing a two different shows this month, our first time really doing that in quite a while. But uh, excited to kick things off here with a, with a, uh, a memorable episode of Batman Beyond. That is right, Cal. We are uh, picking up uh, right where we left off. Of course, unlike with some of our other DCAU shows, we review all of our Batman shows in their episode order. Uh, and so we are back with the, the next episode in line for Batman Beyond. 
And that is, of course, a very memorable one, Payback. That is right. Uh, so we are going to get right into here our review uh, with our four categories. But before we do that, Liam, this episode that originally aired back on May the 13th of 2000 deserves its own official IMDb synopsis, which is, of course, brought to you by The Pod Tower. Check out youtube.com slash The Pod Tower uh, to get not only our full catalog of Batman Beyond episodes, our Zeta Project episode that we've covered, uh, and uh, every other episode that we've ever done, including bonus episodes available uh, for your listening pleasure on YouTube. So check out youtube.com slash The Pod Tower. And not only do you get our podcast, but some great podcasts from other content creators as well. Absolutely. So this is the synopsis for Payback, which was written by Bob Goodman, directed by Kyung Won Lim, with music by Michael McQuistian and animation by Coco slash Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. Batman investigates a mysterious vigilante who is somehow linked to a teen counseling center and wants to attack people who torment them. Okay. That's, I, I mean, I think I didn't find too many faults with that. It's a pretty good one. I think you, you could be a little more clear in what you're describing. Too many, too many pronouns there, pal. Mm-hmm. That's but, true. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I think a pretty fair synopsis. And uh, that will uh, sink us nicely into our uh, plot category here, Cal. That is right, Liam. So we, uh, we kick things off as uh, a young man is coming out of a store called Jeans Age. I, I don't know if this is one of those things <laughs> where they had, they had a title for it and this was translated uh, perhaps into Japanese and then back from Japanese to English. If you've ever seen like subtitles on those bootleg DVDs, sometimes you get the, you know, when it's translated twice by, by Google Translate, things don't quite add up. But whatever reason, this, uh, this store is called Jeans Age. And uh, in Jeans Age, uh, there's a young man that's about to leave work and uh, he gets uh, quickly accosted by the manager of the store who reminds him that tonight is his night for overtime and that he has to work overtime tonight. And the young man is none too happy with this and pleads his case. The manager of the store, an older gentleman, says, well, all the other kids are clamoring for overtime, so therefore uh, maybe I should just go out and hire one of them. huh?" And uh, as, as he is sort of uh, raking this young man over the coals, wouldn't you know it, uh, a, a, a gentleman in a hood uh, walks in through the front door and, uh, and immediately locks it behind him. The manager assumes it's some sort of uh, emergency or uh, hold up and uh, presses the alarm button and tries to hand the cash register over to the hooded gentleman. And uh, the hooded gentleman slaps the cash register out of his way and lets the manager know that he's not there to rob him. No, uh, he's there instead to offer what else but payback. And uh, he's there to because the manager doesn't treat uh, his employees well, especially the other kids that work for him. 
And uh, it's at that time that he pulls out his weapon of choice, which uh, sort of resembles a, a light saber, uh, but uh, functions more like a whip at times. So uh, maybe a, uh, an electro whip of some kind, perhaps, is his, mm-hmm. uh, his weapon of choice. And he begins slinging it around, uh, around. And it looks like that the manager is all but done for. But thankfully, uh, that, uh, that alarm that he set off must have alerted uh, someone that was standing close by because from the rooftop drops none other than the future dark knight himself but batman why are you doing this to me because you don't respect the kids who work for you that's it because of some loser kids you gotta be crazy like i had to say it look look i'm sorry okay i'm sorry too late you should have respected the people you didn't fear. Batman. Payback, right? Yeah. Your new ally. Ally? What are you talking about? I do the same thing you do. Sorry, pal. Not even close. That's right. And we, uh, we established pretty quickly here that character has been around for a little bit now. Has a... Uh, as we come to find out in the next scene has already attacked at least one other person. And uh, it's clear that uh, he's uh, he very quickly tries to make an appeal to Batman. In fact, claims that they're on the same side and are sort of doing the same thing by, you know, going after the bad guys, so to speak. Uh, but obviously Batman is, uh, is not too sure about that. And that leads to some, uh, some, some fun action. We'll certainly talk more about that in our visuals categories, but uh, as, as they kind of fight to a stalemate, uh, Payback uh, drops this. There's like a, a model car hanging from the ceiling and, uh, and Payback uses the whip to, to knock it loose from its uh, restraints. And as it falls, almost crushing this, uh, this uh, a-hole boss that Batman's found himself defending. Uh, Batman, of course, has to race to save him. And uh, in the process, Payback's able to uh, which then transitions us into the Bat Cave, as again we get a little bit of exposition explaining that this payback character's been around and attacked the father of another student at Terry's school. Uh, of course, the the kid who work overtime also a different kid from Terry's school. So Bruce is already sort of seeing a pattern here, and uh, he quickly also finds a another connection between them. Uh, that being, of course, that they both are being treated at a, a wellness center. And, uh, and so they, they kind of have their, their lead to go on here. And, and Terry has an idea of, uh, of how they can sort of track down their next lead. This payback guy thinks he's some sort of vigilante standing up for kids. The good news is I finally met him face to face. But the bad news is you didn't stop him. I couldn't. I had the manager and Drew to worry about. Drew? He's a kid from my school. Really? Another student at your school was also connected to Payback. The son of the man who was attacked last week. And the two boys have something else in common. They're both patients at the Gotham Youth Counseling Center. Know anything about it? What's there to know? Sometimes people just need a place to talk out their problems. Some people, anyway. Is anyone else from the center connected to Payback? I don't know. I can't get into their computer. It's not on the net. Great. 
So much for that lead. You know, we did do detective work before there was a net. Well, yeah. Well, first he he says that they need to uh, get some information off of the net, which. You know, Batman Beyond is is probably like, you know, 50-50 when it comes to predicting how the future would, would, you know, doing away with actual currency is probably sooner than later going to happen. So they kind of got that one right. They kind of missed on the on the uh, the cell phones still having buttons and not being uh, computers. Uh, so they kind of missed on that one. The cars, we haven't quite made the flying cars yet, but I did notice that the police cars look not all that different than some of the Tesla models you see riding around these days. They kind of hit for that one. Well, they missed on calling uh, the internet the net and uh, that's what Batman and uh, and Bruce are referring to as as the net so they, they can't get into the system uh, to get any information uh, on this counseling center where these uh, these kids have gone from the net so Batman encourages him instead to do some good old-fashioned detective work uh, you know detective work in person so uh, Terry disguise well doesn't disguise himself he attends this counseling center and decides to go in and participate and uh it's very interesting because this is this is actually terry being very honest about his relationship with bruce he in order to fit in and not stand out by not having anything to share he decides to open up about his after school job and and specifically mr wayne uh, so it's it's very interesting that that some of this uh, some of this is is based in truth and that will be the theme that we kind of see throughout uh, as Terry uh, continues to to get uh, to get some detective work in at the counseling center. But uh, so as, as he's there, he listens to a couple of other members of the group uh, air some of their grievances, including a young lady uh, who's airing grievances about a boyfriend that is mistreating her and cheating on her. And uh, so uh, as they're leaving, uh, Dr. Stanton, uh, who is the the head physician and the counselor at the at the uh, counseling center there, is walking Terry about to give him sort of a tour of the facility. And uh, they they walk past a room and they happen to uh, see a, a larger burly man, um, <laughs> uh, one of the resident geniuses, he calls him, which is a, a man named Howard Lewis. And then uh, the other uh, young man that's there playing this VR game with him. Hey, another thing that Batman Beyond got right, VR. That was uh, That's a thing that's come about. So uh, that, you see that for everyone they miss on, they, they hit on another one. So uh, playing, playing the VR game is, uh, is Dr. Stanton's son, Kenny. And uh, so Kenny is, is, is asking his dad to play VR, but... Uh, Dr. Stanton, you know, remarks that he doesn't have time at the, in this moment. Uh, and just as he's sort of giving Terry the, uh, the final little bit there in the, uh, of the tour, uh, he's interrupted by a nurse who tells him that a Maxine Gibson is at the front of the front of the center and is, is in need of a, an emergency or there's an emergency happening and she's in need of his help. So Dr. Stanton invites Terry to see himself out. And this is where Terry gets to kind of do a little bit of detective work on his own as he sort of sneaks off and finds Dr. Stanton's office and begins to do a little reconnaissance. Uh, he does a link between the bat computer and, uh, and Dr. Stanton's system, and uh, which allows Bruce to download uh, the information off of it. And just as Terry is uh, connecting and sending the download back to the bat cave he is knocked out unconscious from behind uh, by just a shadowy figure we don't quite see who it was 
Uh, but Terry wakes up not too, uh, too long after that. And uh, Dr. Stanton is there along with uh, this, uh, this Howard Lewis. They're both standing over him and uh, they kind of question him as to why he was in the doctor's office. And Terry says that he was feeling lightheaded and was looking for a couch. So uh, he sort of weasels his way out of that. But uh, it's at that point that uh, that Terry heads back to the Batcave and uh, seems to think that uh, he may have uncovered just exactly who uh, could be behind everything, just based on some of the clues that he's put together. Ow. Why weren't you watching your back? I was too busy watching my front. Am I supposed to have eyes everywhere? Only if you want to live to a ripe old age. You don't make it sound too inviting. Ow! I severed the computer link when I lost contact with you. Did you get all the files? Uh-huh. And every one of Payback's attacks is linked to kids at the center. Each victim was a patient's parent, teacher, boss. The people kids gripe about. So Payback's attacking whoever gets ratted on in that room. But these patients aren't all in one group. So our suspect has to be someone who has access to every session. I'm so ahead of you. Bring up a guy named Howard Lewis. The center keeps vid disks of the sessions. And this guy's a librarian. He's got the access. But what about a motive? He acts like a kid himself. Maybe he's decided to be their protector. Why rule out Dr. Stanton? He's got access, too. You taught me to follow my gut. Be careful. Your gut's still young. That's right. He uh, he immediately sort of uh, pegs this this very large uh, payback sized man who <laughs> seems to have a great grasp on technology. Uh, immediately uh, picks uh, Howard Lewis as the uh, as the culprit, and and Bruce is uh, is a little bit dismissive of him, and not only for Terry getting knocked out from behind, but also from. Uh, for uh for him sort of wanting to jump to conclusions and and bruce is bruce is unsure the uh the lack of motive but of course terry being so sure of himself suits up and heads back to the center where he's looking around in in howard's office and he right away actually finds what appears to be the the this laser whip tool uh right there in fact it's still warm he notes and uh as he's sort of continuing to look around uh, he is attacked by Howard, uh, not in costume here, but attacked by as a struggle that Terry gets away. And we see a moment where Howard runs up to uh, seemingly he's going to grab the whip and attack, but instead of Pierce phone. And uh, of course, Batman springs into action and knocks the phone away and they have a little bit more of a scuffle. But as uh, as Terry is seemingly has the culprit dead to rights, uh, Bruce informs him that he needs to turn on a vid screen. <laughs> Miss television. Yeah, they missed on they that. We really are. We really are. It's a really good like uh, tennis volley here between <laughs> good good predictions and bad predictions for our uh, for our impending future here. But uh, yes, as, as Terry turns on the screen, he sees a, a news report that currently on the highway in the back of a truck sort of attack a uh, a couple and so terry of course at that point realizes that uh that uh that this guy can't be the culprit and sort of awkwardly apologizes and then excuses himself to leave having just completely trashed uh howard's office there and uh, as as we go uh, we once again we see that uh, payback is attacking the young lady and uh well the young lady's ex-boyfriend uh 
who uh, who had been cheating on her and had been treating her so poorly and sort of taunts him by by saying that uh, that he, he must care as little about this new girlfriend as he did about his last one and really is, is sending them off to their death, uh, careening off the side of a cliff. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Batman in the Batmobile arrives just in the nick of time and is able to catch uh, the car and, and save lives. And we get uh, we get the good old Gotham Woods <laughs> as, uh, as, as Payback and Terry have their second sort of face-to-face confrontation here. And uh, they're just sort of fighting back and forth. And once again, they're kind of evenly matched. It seems like maybe Terry has the upper hand, but then uh, as he uses a couple batarangs to knock the whip out of payback's hand the electricity uh ignites some uh, some brush and some trees on the ground there and starts a fire which uh, terry then calls in the batmobile to sort of snuff out quickly but uh but in that process once again payback has escaped and uh, and terry is 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 kind of once again back to square one and t- and this time uh bruce is just really really not not hearing it from from terry especially when he points out that perhaps terry gotten to the scene sooner and and could have stopped payback right then and there had he uh, had he not fingered the wrong suspect originally this time payback was after a kid who was two-timing one of the girls in the group he got away again you might have gotten there in time if you hadn't jumped the gun with lewis i know do you you injured an innocent man. That's inexcusable. And I'm sorry, okay? But I got something more important to do right now. And what might that be? Stanton. If payback's not Lewis, Stanton's got to be the one. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But from now on, we're handling it my way. Which means taking our time and getting it right. He's never satisfied with anything I do. It's like he thinks he's the only one in the whole world who could ever do this job right. Just feel like I'm never going to be good enough for him. Terry, why don't you just find another job? That'd be too easy. He should confront the old man tonight. You're probably right. Except tonight he's going to be at that big party at the new hotel. No excuses, Terry. You can't put it off. Hey, maybe if he gets away from that house for a night, it'll mellow him out a little. That old guy, from what you've told us, he'll never mellow out. You don't know the half. 
Look, I don't want to talk about this anymore, okay? Yeah, that, and he points out that he injured an innocent man, um, which, you know, is, would have been interesting to hear Terry come give a comeback of, like, like that never happened to you because you would think that that may or may not have happened. Uh, none come to mind that I can think of, but uh, I'm sure a young Bruce Wayne as Batman encountered the same mistakes. Perhaps that's why Bruce is being so hard on Terry, uh, because he knows the the damage that can cause. But regardless... Honestly, we haven't uh, we haven't covered one yet, but there's a scene in Old Wounds that, uh, that kind of reminded me ah. of uh, this conversation. There you go. So you're drawing off some parallels that uh, that did happen. So uh, Bruce says it's inexcusable and uh, Terry uh, decides at that point that, well, Dr. Stanton, uh, based on the information that they have, which they deduced that uh, based on the information used, for not only the victims, but uh, who would have access to the information, that it has to be Dr. Stanton uh, if it's not Howard. So uh, he, he claims that it must be Dr. Stanton, uh, and Bruce is not, again, not so certain. He says, perhaps, perhaps not. Uh, so then, uh, they decide that they're going to set a trap just to see if they can they lure payback out. Uh, so the next day, Terry goes back to the center and, uh, is again, open, openly complaining and complaining about real things about how Bruce treats him and that, uh, no matter what he does, he'll never be good enough that, uh, and uh, he lays a couple of breadcrumbs out just in case payback is listening as to where Bruce's whereabouts will be. Uh, and that uh, we find out that Bruce later that evening will be at the Vreeland Marquee Hotel opening, which uh, a, a second or at least a second, maybe third na uh, Vreeland name drop here in the Batman Beyond era. Uh, so Bruce is going to be there at the hotel opening and uh, as Bruce is getting into an elevator there that wouldn't you know it uh, payback does indeed arrive and there's a little scuffle where he encounters Bruce right right in the elevator and uh, I, I love that uh, I love love that payback says calls him a mean old man and Bruce just nods and uh, affirmatively uh, acknowledges that and, uh, and then uh, he he in turn asks payback who he is. And he says, I'm your worst nightmare, which of course is, uh, is Batman's <laughs> own line being used on him. And uh, I love that Batman's comeback in this is, you have no idea what my nightmares are like. You're a mean old man, you know that. Mm -hmm. And what are you? Your worst nightmare. You have no idea what my nightmares are like. Um, so at, at that point, that pretty much angers payback, and it's, uh, it's, it's time for him to take care of business. He pulls out the electro whip and begins slicing and dicing, and he chops off part of the, uh, par part of the elevator, and uh, Bruce is uh, ultimately sort of trapped there. It, he slices parts of the elevator and causes the free fall. Bruce begins uh, falling out of the, the elevator, what's left of the elevator, only for Batman to swoop in and save him. Thankfully, and the funny thing, Bruce asks him what took so long, uh, which was which was hilarious. But then Terry responds, well, I thought he would at least wait until the hors d'oeuvres were over before he'd attack. But uh, so this leads to our final fight between Terry and Payback. And it is quite brutal. A lot of violence happening there. A lot of batarangs being thrown, a lot of electro whip action, uh, various different uh, attack options. But eventually, of course, uh, payback uh, makes one wrong move and begins uh, falling towards 
the ground. So he needs, uh, he needs Batman to save him. Batman swoops in and does indeed save him. And as uh, he's hang- holding him there, hanging upside down, uh, Payback's mask falls off. And then uh, underneath of it is a, what appears to be some sort of electronic or robotic mask that itself also opens up. And it is revealed that Payback is not the good doctor. No, it in fact, it is Kenny his uh his child's son instead and uh K- kenny is uh then hauled away by police and dr stanton is standing there with bruce and and admits that his faults that, that it was his fault he's owning it saying that uh he was too obsessed with being able to help other kids that he never gave enough time to his own son and bruce encourages him to go spend the time with him now and uh, they both uh, head off in the police car where we're left with our final little interaction here between Bruce and Terry and Terry congratulates Bruce for knowing specifically that uh, the plan would work that the payback would indeed come out and Bruce inquires just what he said he being Terry said in the therapy session that would have uh, made payback so angry at Bruce and what he made up to do so. And Terry said uh, there was no acting involved. It was all, it was all truth. And they walk off towards the, uh, the, the limousine. And we, uh, we kind of end our episode right there. You called it. I put down the bait, like you said, and payback took it. Only it wasn't who I thought it would be. I was wrong twice. Learn from it. That's all you can do. By the way, Exactly what did you say in that group to get Payback so mad at me? You must have given quite a convincing performance. Who said anything about performing? Yeah, so that's a, that's a funny little little way to go out on the on the episode. But yeah, overall, as as we wrap up our plot recap and get towards our scores here. Uh, I think this one's a lot of fun. I think this is, it's fun. I, I d- it didn't really feel to me there was a great, it, it's better to me because it's a, it's not really per, per, uh, shown to be jury. We have a couple of suspects. It's not 100% clear is kind of one suspect nominated. So you think it must be this other person. And then it's it's a twist and a turn at the end there. That's a that's a third person that we hadn't really even focused on. So I appreciated that. I think that's a that's a fun fun way to do a a mis- especially when you only have a couple of suspects. Kind of do the the twist ending there. Um, and I think uh, as far as like the the anatomy of this, that a kid was so angry that his father, uh, was was too busy counseling troubled teenagers. So he thought he would take it upon himself to to solve all the problems. I mean, it's 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 silly, but also like only a, probably only a child would think that. Well, if I kill all the people that my dad's uh, patients don't like, that will mean my dad can play video games with me. Like it's a very <laughs> childish way of looking at it. And so at the end, that our that our culprit is in fact a child. It kind of works for this story. Yeah, I think that the that the double the double swerve was was the right way to go because I will say it is a bit derivative of uh, of Mask of the Phantasm I would say, and in, in that uh, it's a, it's sort of a tradition with the DCAU to kind of have uh, 
you know, somebody, and honestly with return of the Joker also, we, we Batman beyond return of the Joker, where you kind of aren't sure quite who, who the villain is. There's this red herring that's kind of placed there. That kind of is a big glowing neon sign saying, this is the guy, this is the guy. Uh, But in the case of those movies where you didn't, you only had one red herring, you really have two in this, in this episode. And it's not even the second person either. It's, you know, it's a completely different person. One that you wouldn't obviously think of because this is a big hulking mass of a man, as we'll talk about in, in visuals in just a second here, the payback character is, and um, it's, it's quite clear that, that, uh, that, that Kenny is, is diminutive and, and maybe, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12, 13, he's Matt McGinnis height. He's not, uh, he's not a, not even Mm. a teenager. So um, it, it does, it, it does in your mind's eye sort of rule him out as a potential, um, as a potential suspect, even though that the the breadcrumbs are kind of there where you see him being disappointed and asking for attention from his dad. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's there is some good there. I think going with uh, going with the the choice to do uh, the double red herring was uh, was the right one for the episode. I will say, though, I think it's hard because I remembered right off the bat what, even though I haven't seen this episode in a very long time, I remembered right off the bat, which one was that this was a double swerve. So it kind of (laughs) ruined it for me a little bit. I was like, Oh yeah, I think this is the one where the kid is actually the, the villain. Um, So it, it kind of ruined it for me. So I don't know on, on, and we'll talk about that when we get to rewatchability, whether or not it, it still works after multiple viewings. But I think from looking at it just as a, as a one time, the first time you're watching, it as a plot point i think it's pretty good um not a lot of holes i think that the dynamic between bruce and terry is interesting also because of the truth that terry is sharing in those counseling sessions where this is really his true feelings that are coming out here he does feel Mm -hmm. like there's some some uh, measure that he will never reach when it comes to to bruce's approval or that he can't ever uh truly please, please him. And, uh, you know, ironically looking at Bruce as, as a father figure uh, in this episode and, and not being able to ever reach those standards that, that Bruce has for him. So, um, I do like that, that, that dynamic was fleshed out. This also feels like, especially for a, a season three episode, this feels like something that you would have seen in one of the first two seasons. Cause it's not, not a lot of teen drama, although the, you know, the counseling session with the teens, uh, is is part of the the story, but it's not it's it's doesn't take place at Hamilton Hill High and doesn't have like <laughs> teen angst uh, written all over it. So I do like that that it's a bit of a departure from what we've seen from some of the other episodes from this season. So uh, I, th- I think it has has a lot going for it. I think that uh, the action is really really great. We'll talk about that in visuals in just a little bit here. But the the fight scenes you get three fight scenes between Batman. Uh, and payback so that it really feels like there's a lot of action in the episode because of that. And because the opening scene is a fight scene. And then you have that, that battle in the Gotham forest uh, in the middle of the episode. And then you have this, (laughs) this fight with the stakes, you know, with Bruce's life at stake. And then, you know, some, some interesting props uh, in this final scene here. Um, I I really liked it. So uh, for all those reasons, I ended up giving plot an eight out of 10. What about you? Yeah. So I, I also gave it an eight out of, um, just, I think for all the reasons we've already talked about here, I think it's a, it's a fun mystery. And then the fact that you kind of have the, the real life, uh, frustrations that Terry's feeling as Batman sort of trying to live up to Bruce's, uh, 
Bruce's expectations and and, uh, and him using those frustrations to then sort of bait uh, the the villain into attacking Bruce, I think is a is a really fun way of them. Even though they're kind of butting heads on this issue, they end up kind of coming back together to work together to, to stop this guy. So I think that's a really fun a fun element to it, and and that sort of uh, you know there's there's that sort of grander theme of of fathers and sons and mentors and mentees and all of that at play here when once we find out that the villain is the uh the doctor's son as well there so yeah it's a, it's a good uh good mix if even though the isn't like, like a huge integral part of the episode it does still inform uh the, the main plot of the episode and i think that's always good for that kind of thing so yeah overall a, a very strong eight out of ten from both of us there we go. All right, Wayne, let's move on to our second category of the day, which of course is animation and visuals. You mentioned Coco and Dong Yang were responsible for the animation this week. Uh, so yeah, what stood out to you uh, as far as your uh, as the visuals and animations? Like I, I think I already mentioned, I felt like there was more action uh, than than maybe in recent episodes that we've covered of Batman Beyond, uh, which led to a lot of cool visuals. But uh, I'll let you go first and, and discuss uh, what stood out to you. Yeah, I think first and foremost, uh, got to give a, a shout to the, the character design here for Payback. Really cool, um, really interesting looking. Obviously, it's we already talked about it in plot uh, and we'll talk about it again in voice acting. Uh, there, it, it did sort of, I think, evoke a little bit of phantasm. I don't, I don't know if that was the idea with the visual of the character, or certainly once they sort of settled on that that motif for the story, um, if that informed this at all. But he does, you know, it's all, all this character sort of dressed in all black, but just the, you know, the white eyes and this, this sort of tattered cloak, uh, just sort of covering its its shoulders and and ha- has this sort of full full face mask as well. Did you, um, um, I think that did you think I, and this could be just me drawing connecting dots because of the, the weapon of choice, but did you, do you find any Darth Vader in the DNA too? Maybe. Definitely. Uh, definitely. I think, I think especially maybe. And then at the end when the, the top mask falls off and we see sort of the, the circuitry of the suit underneath of the mm-hmm. cloak, I think there's definitely some of that there. So that's a, that's a really good pull as well. Yeah. There's definitely, Definitely some Vader in there as well. And as you mentioned, we've already talked about it, this this electro whip, which we we find out is like a, a welding tool, I guess. In the final um, scene, and- too, it's almost almost exclusively looks like a lightsaber. That once yes. once he gets up on that sort of panel and that he eventually falls off of, it's it's pretty much doesn't look like a whip anymore and is only animated as a lightsaber. So maybe it was that, maybe it was the fact that he said, if you're not with me, then you are my enemy or whatever he says, which is a couple years before he actually, Anakin Skywalker says that in star Wars, but it's, it's, it's a retroactive Easter egg. If you're not with me, you must be against me or whatever. So uh, only a Sith speaks in absolutes as we know. So uh, (laughs) I I do think that this gentleman has a little bit of Vader in him. absolutely yeah that's definitely a part of it from a visual standpoint and as you mentioned that that first scene they're in i can't i oh well it was called what is it called jeans jeans age Age. (laughs) i guess it's a department store but there's also like these uh like we said there's this big sort of hanging car there's some some cool backgrounds as well in, in this scene and i think the the final bit where they're at this sort of gala um and uh 
But uh, in that first scene, as as we're first kind of seeing payback in action, when when Terry sort of confronts him, and uh, he he goes to uh, sort of swing the whip, and and Terry ducks, and there's this row of mannequins behind Terry that all kind of get sliced one by one as as the whip goes through them. I think that's a that's a really fun, uh, quick paced action sequence, and then. And then following that up with the the bit on the car where he's sort of cutting through the top of the the truck trying to get at the uh, the couple and then and then he and he and Terry's uh, uh, fight in the woods I think is pretty fun as well. I will note my, my maybe my one drawback is there's a moment where in that fight in the woods where Terry is throwing two batarangs at uh, at uh, at payback with just when he's going to knock the, the the lightsaber out of his hand to start the fire. And for whatever reason, they don't do anything to really put, to make it look things are moving in the way they usually do. They don't turn to like the, the spinning disc animation that we would normally see and that we see multiple uh, other uh-huh. times in this episode. Uh-huh. So Terry just sort of fires these two batarangs and they kind of just still, they're just completely still and kind of float across the screen as uh, as one of them gets sort of taken out by by payback's whip, and then the other one knocks it out of his hand. So I thought, yeah, that's 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 maybe my one uh, nitpick for that scene. But yeah, as, as far as so that goes, the Batmobile swooping in at the last second to catch the the falling vehicle and and all that I think is very fun. And then uh, as we as we talked about in plot, payback sort of systematically destroying this elevator, and then. Bruce sort of pressing the button so the elevator starts moving and then and then payback sort of taking off the uh, the brakes of it so it starts to free fall. I think it's, that's all a, a super fun uh, sequence. And then maybe my last uh, visual note here is that uh, as as payback seemingly is falling to his doom and uh, Terry throws a, a bat rope out the window to catch and and swings down to grab him, we get a very uh, uh, amazing fantasy Spider-Man as he's as he's holding as he's holding payback and swinging there. So, a homage. We we've talked about this uh, quite a bit over the years, I think. But the 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 DNA of this show is so steeped in those those early Steve Ditko Spider-Man stories, and it's it's always fun when we see little homages thrown in here and there. Absolutely, yeah. That was a uh, that was a good catch there. Terry using the old fashioned batarang too with the uh, the new Batman. Yeah, batarang shot out of his wrist on that one. So uh, we're not the batarang experts. Uh, we'll leave that to the guys over at the Watchtower, the 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 folks over at the DCAU Watchtower. But uh, yes, uh, the the batarang that was used was definitely the new Batman Adventures style. There, um, I also had notes uh, as far as that that opening uh, fight at the jeans age store. I love, uh, love the shot of Batman jumping off of the hanging car uh, on the ceiling. That was a great prop. I think for that, for that scene, it's also one of those 1930s, early forties cars that you would have seen in Gotham. Uh, so perhaps it was one of those that, uh, that uh, were driving around on the streets just decades earlier. So uh, I loved that little homage to Batman, the animated series there as well. Um, I, I do did think it was funny that uh, in that scene also that Payback's exit was uh, was the Looney Tunes run through the wall exit like that's how he decided to get to leave and escape and that that first fight scene it's just it's not quite just his silhouette running through the wall but there is just Batman turns and looks and there's a big hole in the wall where he's escaped so I did think that the the Warner Brothers uh, style of escape was definitely in the DNA of of uh, of that scene in particular but 
um yeah I, I, <laughs> one last note on the uh on the, the department store on jeans age uh-huh. could be a just a coincidence from the, the color i think there's like a there's like a women's like pantsuit behind uh behind the guy register that looks a lot like one of lois lane's outfits ah there yeah, we the go. Red, the, the, uh, the red and black one Oh, probably not a coincidence knowing knowing that the the series uh the same creators worked on this series right so probably a cute little easter egg there so that's mm-hmm. awesome i love that um yeah i had uh, the, the car actually going over the cliff once payback is attacked this this fella duane and his uh his new girlfriend i love the shot of the the car just going airborne coming down over the edge of the cliff and then uh you know cutting to the inside and the 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 people inside screaming and in terror and then that that sudden stop uh of the batmobile catching it and i thought that whole scene was done really really well with uh then the the scene of terry dropping out of the batmobile so it's the first time we've seen that in a little bit but it's a very similar sequence to the one that we see uh, him do in the first ink episode and i think maybe the one of the spellbinder episodes too perhaps he drops out of there he pulls the little mm-hmm. patch and drops onto the to uh the his foe um i thought that the whole fight between them in the uh in the gotham forest was great i love the uh the batarangs versus the uh electro whip uh, action happening there and the way that uh the way that uh, that uh, payback decides to escape is by setting uh, inadvertently setting the fire and, and recognizing that that Terry would probably want to to save uh, the burning house from above so he uses that as a as a way to escape so I enjoyed that but also the visuals of the actual fire in that scene and you know good versus evil the the fire is behind the the bad guy of the episode uh, loved that and then uh, I think the what else did I have here um uh, i i did notice that uh, two of the folks riding in the elevator with bruce uh, as he's attacked one of them looked like dick grayson from uh from batman the animated series with a mustache and he was with a young lady that sort of looked like the barbara gordon model if she had blonde hair or like a dirty blondish hair mm-hmm. so i don't know if that was intentional i don't know if they just reused models uh, but either way, uh, those sneaky little little cameos by some of those other character models showing up in that scene were 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 uh, noticeable to me at least. And then uh, I think I think uh, there's a uh, in that final scene that you mentioned, even though that they weren't maybe necessarily properly animated, I love the dy- uh, the dynamic of Batman shooting batarangs and uh, payback being able to deflect them with the electro whip and cut them in half and. Uh, then there's this one scene where Batman, right before uh, the ultimately payback falls, uh, Batman jumps. He does this sort of front flip as he's as he's attacking him, and then he lands uh, right in front of payback. Right before payback pulls out the electro whip, and it ultimately ends up falling. But it's just this neat sequence that was animated. Batman lunging towards him. He comes up. He does like this really awesome front flip and then he lands uh right in front of payback but uh i really liked that the way that that was animated and and certainly drawn up there so um and i i thought that the elevator gimmick was pretty pretty interesting we've seen scenes in batman the animated series and elevators before and this one where half of it is cut off and bruce has to try and figure out how he can get out of the he 
presses the up button to go back up. So it's still somewhat functioning and then payback disables it. And he's trying to hit the brakes and then it starts falling off the rails. So I really enjoyed that as a set piece also. So I, I, I really love the animation, the way things were done in this episode, everything's so fluid. And as I said, I think having three action scenes, three fights between Batman and this payback character really added uh, and made this episode feel just so action packed and, and the visuals and the, the way that it was animated backed it up. And uh, for all those reasons, I felt I had no choice, but to give this category a perfect 10. Out of 10. Nice. I went, uh, I went just a couple points lower. I went eight out of 10 for my score. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's a uh, really strong, stuff that we've already kind of laid out there even that that scuffle sort of that terry has in the uh in the art room with uh with the with the videographer i think is 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 quite fun and and uh and creates this they're kind of like physically struggling in a way that i feel like you don't see in a lot of fight scenes like a big flying kicks and then kung fu because it's just a uh, he's just like grappling with a big guy who doesn't understand why he's in the room with him. So it's not like a, you know, your traditional superhero fight. So I think the way that was sort of laid out was, uh, was very well done as well. So yeah, a lot of uh, moments throughout this for, uh, for all the reasons that we've already talked about. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next category, Liam, which is going to be music. I believe you said Michael McQuistion responsible for this week's episode. Mm -hmm. We talked about Mr. McQuistion a few weeks ago during one of our Robin episodes. So great to bring him back up again here in the DCAU, but uh, a, a lot of great music in this episode. Uh, I, a lot of it stood out. I think the action scenes punctuated by it um, that were made it stand out. I think that Mr. McQuistion excelled in, uh, in creating that, that sort of rocked up frantic background uh, music that that it was needed to to take those scenes to another level. And I think uh, this week he did really well. I, the, the first piece that really stood out to me uh, outside of maybe the initial fight between them uh, in the department store is is when Terry drops out of the, the Batmobile. And you even initially before that, where you have payback escaping through the forest, you have him running and mm -hmm. You begin to hear the Batman Beyond theme worked into this kind of frantic baseline that that uh, was driving that theme, and then you have a sort of a distorted minor key version of the of the Batman Beyond theme played over top of that and sort of meshed together. That came uh, came through there, and then um, I think I think the the theme starts to come in right when the, the the car goes over the cliff too and you have the you know it kind of just drops out and then once it reveals that the Batmobile has caught the car that you know the music begins to come back in and then ultimately leads to that other piece that I was just talking about uh but man some some great great music here and I love that the the beyond theme was was you know brought into the actual soundtrack but played in a way that you know sort of distorted it or it wasn't isn't readily obvious unless you're kind of listening uh, a little bit more carefully for it but uh i thought the music this week was fantastic i, I really enjoy the the theme in the in the final fight uh as well that accompanied that uh what about you yeah absolutely i, I definitely had notes about the uh the theme and that uh the the moment, as as you mentioned, when 
the the music is really ramping up that that bass line and the and the drums are kind of getting faster and more frantic and then the truck careens off the uh off the cliff and starts to tumble down and just and then when the as soon as the batmobile kind of comes into frame you start hearing little notes of the batman beyond theme worked in i thought that was such an excellent uh excellent piece of music from uh from mr mcquistion there and then yeah, I think the uh, the moments towards the end there, even that that softer moment there at the end when when Terry is uh, is holding on to uh, to pay back, and you sort of see the the big dramatic reveal as the cow falls, and then that it sort of starts to hang back there, but you you still have a little bit of the uh, synthesizer brought in there, and the and the guitar there as that reveal is is made. So uh, yeah, I think a, a really strong job, and I think uh, we we talk about this fairly frequently. I think a lot of these these Batman Beyond there's nothing particularly wrong with them but they kind of blend in the sense that you know what you're kind of going to get from the from the action sequences they're usually going to be pretty uh you know drum and uh and bass uh driven uh tracks so the the uh the the actual batman beyond theme which i feel like we don't always get in these action sequences um i think was a really nice touch and sort of added to that and it really the way you sort of build that, uh, you sort of build that dread of of the moment when everything seems to be going wrong, and then bring that theme in when uh, when Batman arrives. I think is always a great thing, and something we see, you know, in a lot of our other shows, whether that's Batman or Superman or even in, in Justice League later on. So it's it's fun to see that worked in here in Batman Beyond, especially when uh, it seems like a lot of other weeks we maybe take uh, different tacks with our our musical scores. So uh, for all those reasons, I gave uh, music a pretty strong eight out of 10 this week. Yeah, I went with the same exact score. I went with an eight out of 10. It's really good. Uh, another one of those episodes, it's worth maybe even, and this might be uh, putting the cart before the horse here, but maybe even worth a rewatch just to to uh, really appreciate the the composition that Mr. McQuistion put together for this episode. But yeah, he uh, he did did a lot of good work here and uh, and and put some good pieces together. So uh, great great scores from both of us. All right, Liam, let's wrap things up this week with our final category that, of course, is going to be our voice acting. Uh, one of those episodes where there's not a huge cast uh, because our our main characters uh, are, are really uh, just our two of our, our normal main cast. But we do have a couple of of, uh, of newbies and people that uh, are playing minor characters here. So let's talk about this week's voice cast. That's right, Cal. We have, uh, as you mentioned, of course, we have our main to play but we do have a few uh, notable guest stars uh, and sort of a minor role playing uh, Warren who I think is is one of the, the kids actually I think it's the first the first kid who's sort of being yelled at uh, by the uh, the guy in the department store it's uh, Curtis Armstrong who's one of those guys you, you need to google him because you're not I'm probably not going to be able to tell you he's the voice of one of friends on American Dad and you know his voice and you would definitely probably know his face as well but a veteran voice actor uh, brought in there uh, as a uh, sort of small cameo there as we, we often like to see there and we have uh, Adam Wiley playing the voice of the kid version of our villain although he really only gets the the one scene although he does have to kind of like cry at the end and I, that's kind of haunting as well yeah um, uh, and then uh, voicing Dr. Stanton, sort of our, our first of two red herrings for this week, we have uh, Mitch Pelegi, uh, who folks would know probably most famously from X-Files. 
And we didn't really talk about his character design, but he kind of looks like Kirk Langstrom to me. Oh yeah, um, he does. He's got like, the cheekbones and like the slick back hair and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, uh, which maybe just adds to that, uh, you know, the, the feeling of, of harkening back to some of those classic uh, animated series, mystery episodes. So uh, I, I think he's pretty good. He's, he's pretty dry and simple, but he, I think you're kind of trying to keep the voice nondescript because the payback voice is is pretty nondescript so it's it's he kind of talks in this sort of deep calm voice for most of it but i think it i think it works for for what he's asked and then he does get that kind of nice final moment with with bruce there as he sort of you know blames himself for for his son's actions there yeah i i as you mentioned, there's not a ton that's that's asked of him. He does does play an empathetic character because he he does have to show empathy, and that obviously leads to you the red herring of thinking that maybe okay, this is the guy he's acting on behalf of these kids, um, you know, seeking vengeance on their behalf. So I I, I think that the, the the only emotion that he was really required uh, to to show with the exception of maybe that final scene where he has to show some some sorrow and some regret uh, is that empathy and I think that it comes across uh, very well I do like the, the very introduction uh, where where Terry is supposed to be undercover and doesn't have anything to share and he says well if you don't have any problems why are you here and I thought that was very matter of fact in the way that he said it he hasn't called me in a week you're better off without him how can you say that Dwayne cheated on you, Trina. Lied to you, too. Dwayne loves me. Will you say something? How about we let Trina work things out at her own speed? Now, before time runs out, we have a new member to meet. Terry McGinnis. Hey. How you doing? Hi. Terry, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, what do you want to know, Dr. Stanton? Well, for starters, what brings you here? Nothing special. So everything's perfect in your life? Maybe you don't belong here at the center. No, no, I do. Really. What's your problem then? I, I guess you could say my problem's not a what, it's a who. Uh, so I, I felt that it was like, oh, that's not, that's kind of, you know, I, it, having been to therapy myself, I think that that's very therapeutic, very therapist-like where they're going to challenge you. Okay, well, well, if everything's fine and dandy, why are you here? Like what? So I, I thought that that fit the character well and that that, that specific response was, uh, was warranted, but mainly the the empathy that he has to show uh, is done really well. So I, I agree with you. He's he's pretty strong as far as his uh, performance for this week. Absolutely. And then our, our last sort of a uh, guest star to talk about here, we have a uh, maybe and probably most fun one to talk about too, uh, voicing both uh, Howard Lewis, the uh, the sculptor and the videographer of the uh, the crisis center and also uh pulling the voices payback cal you mentioned in plot much like in mask of the phantasm and return of the joker for that matter we have uh, the same actor voicing our villain and a different character who turns out not to be the villain so a a great little red herring a trick that uh that andrea romano and uh and the rest of the team there have, have used before but uh, i think if it, it, uh, it works just as well here and playing both the role of howard lewis and payback is uh, a man by the name of bill fagerbakey or fagerbach i apologize if i'm uh, butchering that uh he's patrick from spongebob that's, that's why that's get, why we know him. get the heck out that is hilarious virtually unrecognizable though i'm just mm-hmm. gonna throw that out there you would not 
would not know it unless you looked up the IMDb or like, holy cow. Uh, I think that means that's a good thing, right? He doesn't, it doesn't sound like Patrick. Mm-hmm. So therefore I think that, that, that like even bumps up my score a point or something like that. Like it's because <laughs> if he sounded like Patrick, it would be very distracting. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. He's not, he's not playing big dumb guy even though he's playing this sort of very large physically imposing character two of them and for that matter he's not playing it as like oafish at all so i think that that helps uh just dis- uh, distinct uh distinguish it from uh from his uh maybe most famous voice role and then yeah on top of that you have uh you have him really just doing a completely different voice and i think he sort of uh, pitches his voice up a little bit for this as well so yeah, it's it's uh, I think a really really good job from him, and as payback, he's he's very imposing. We already we already sort of touched on it, but as we as we get to uh, of course our, our main stars of the episode, Kevin Conroy and Will Friedle, uh this where where Mr. Fagerbakey and uh, and Kevin Conroy are playing off each other at the end there that we already talked about. It's really really good trying so hard to intimidate maybe the one person on earth who who just can't be intimidated by him, and it's fun uh, bit of them playing off of each other yeah i i i think that because they have the lion's share to do this week and a lot of it is it turns into a little bit of bickering at times and then as you mentioned it, it is very father son like especially when when uh, kevin conroy has to has to play up the the lecturing aspect where uh, he goes into being the you know disappointed father and the the one that's holding has to hold uh, Terry accountable for his actions. And, um, you know, Terry, Terry, uh, you know, Will, Will Friedle's own performance, whether it's sharing his, his feelings of frustration about Bruce's disappointment in him or the fact that he can't please him or, uh, you know, even, even when Terry comes back and even after he gets this lecture from Bruce, where he says, well, it has to be this doctor. And Bruce says, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so he, you know, he's trying to protect him and try and encourage him to not continue jumping to conclusions uh, and, and has to express that in the way that he's, he's, you know, conversing with, with Terry. So uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we what what else can we say about Kevin Conroy really uh, and and Will Friedel as as individuals? But I, I think this is just another if you're if you need an example or another example of how well the chemistry that these these two gentlemen had at, in both of these roles, this is a great great episode to point to uh, because it's a different dynamic than than just the bruce shouting at terry over the intercom type thing there's mm-hmm. some emotion behind it uh, and there's a, like i said a little bit of truth when when terry is there in the in the in the counseling sessions and is, is talking about his disappointment and his frustration and and how he can't please bruce so uh it, i i think it's a a poster board for uh for you know a great a great performance from both of these men and, and just the, the chemistry that, that they had between, between them and, and these two character portrayals. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Will Friedle definitely gets a, a little bit more to do, but I feel like it's been a while and obviously we don't, we don't review the same show every month, but it feels like it's been so long since we had an episode had something to do. <laughs> Where Kevin uh-huh. Conroy has something to do in this episode other than either give exposition or just say, look out, Terry, or something over the radio, as you said. So actually having him and Terry kind of 
come to uh, to butt heads a little bit as they are disagreeing over how to uh, to 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 approach this case and and Terry sort of rushing in half cocked and wanting to uh, to 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 jump to conclusions and pushing him and and then at the end there as as they have this one final conversation and then Terry mentions that hey once again I thought for sure it was the doctor and I was wrong again and and Bruce doesn't sort of continue to pile on at that moment he just tells him that all all you can do with these sort of mistakes is just learn from it and and be better be a better batman next time out and it is kind of a nice teaching moment for for bruce after he was so hard on terry for the rest of the episode there so you get kind of your nice little closure to this uh to this at the end there as as terry learns a lesson and and maybe so does bruce how he he can best instruct terry going forward so we always talk about that it's good when when our characters feel like they're in a different space uh, than they were at the beginning of the episode. And, and I think that, uh, that the voice acting is a big part of, uh, of why that feels that way this week. Uh, so for all those reasons, I ended up giving a uh, voice acting uh, another very strong uh, eight out of 10. Nice. I gave it a point higher with a nine out of 10. I think that uh, the Bruce and Terry carry this episode, obviously Mr. Friedel and Mr. Conroy, uh, we talk about them all the time, how great they are. But I think just taking this, the the depth and the layers they had to go with, uh, you know, the the truth in in uh, the truth it, it that lied beneath the surface here, I think was uh, was really strong. And uh, as you mentioned, yeah, it, it's uh, it was very indicative, at least of the the season three episodes that we've covered thus far that didn't have a lot for Mr. Conroy to do. So man how great is it to hear him have a have a large role in this episode and big surprise uh he had a couple episodes off and i uh, still knocked this one out of the park so uh go figure <laughs> and not uh yeah it could be hard to uh <laughs> to break new ground uh both uh both on those their performances and uh us talking about them so always fun when we get a little something new to sink our teeth into here or something at least that we hadn't gotten in a while so uh yeah that's uh that's always fun absolutely all right liam that will begin to wrap us up for this week so let us total up our scores shall we uh coming up uh with everything added up here i end up with a really strong 35 out of 40 meaning uh just outside our top picks score with this one what about you yeah, I'm a couple points lower. I think I actually had eights in every category this week. So uh, everything pretty darn strong. A final score of a 32 out of 40. So not much difference. Not that there ever usually is, but uh, between our between our two final scores. But yeah, a good good breaking into the uh, to low to mid 30s from both of us. You know, this was a pretty darn good one. Absolutely. Um, so I guess we should talk about rewatchability. Um, I already, I already maybe mentioned this twice, so I don't know where I'm going to land on this here, but it, it, overall there's, you know, this, this character, despite coming back in the Batman beyond tie in comic uh, does not return to the actual series itself. So we don't get any more payback here. Uh, doesn't seem to be too much that uh, is on the surface, at least that is uh, that is long-standing impact for Batman Beyond, and definitely not for the DCAU. But I will say that maybe this lays a little bit of the foundation that ultimately is paid off in the epilogue episode of of uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, I think the argument could be made, at least here, with as far as 
Terry feeling like uh, he can never live up to the standards and uh, and some of that uh, that you know a little bit of um, that dichotomy at least I guess of the relationship between him and Bruce uh, being set up here so I guess maybe we don't do half thumbs up right so because that's that's even more of a of a cop out so I guess I guess one thumb up for this for me just because it does move along the relationship and add an extra layer uh, and creates this little bit of friction between Terry and Bruce. So I, I guess, I guess that it does move that along. So yeah, I, I guess I'll go with, with a one thumb up. Um, and it's a, it's a fun episode. I don't know, however, with the, with the mystery being ruined, as I said, knowing from the beginning who was going to be revealed, if it's as fun of a mystery plot, but I still think the action may make up for it. So yeah, I'll go with one thumb up. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about fair. It's it's a fun character, and you get the the, the fun uh, dynamic of Bruce and Terry in this episode, and it's it's pretty memorable in that way. But as far as being super integral to the series or to the DCAU at whole uh, as a whole, as you mentioned, Cal, there is a, a very fun. Uh, it's a Dan Dan Jurgens and Phil Hester uh, storyline introduced in the the most one of the more recent Batman Beyond. Uh, comic books uh, from the uh, from the mid 2010s there did a, a follow-up to this story takes it down if you can believe it, it's an even darker path so uh it's uh, it's really interesting and involves a lot of the other characters uh some of the other rogues gallery from batman beyond are also involved there so it's uh, it's definitely a fun uh, storyline if you can uh, if you want to check that out so you can say there but as far as our main dcau continuity no, there's not much uh, or any really, any really follow up to this, but uh, still a, a darn fun episode of television uh, between Mr. McQuish's score and our, our great voice acting and everything. So, yeah, definitely something to something to revisit here if you're if you're just watching their series over again. Agreed. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, uh, we would love your support if you are listening to the podcast. Uh, so you can do that several different ways. There's some free ways to do that. You can, of course, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. If you want to go a step further, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can leave a five-star review. Apple leave, lets you leave a little paragraph review if you'd like to just to let people know what it is you like about us that helps the algorithm on apple podcasts on spotify you can leave a five-star review you can interact with us we have some spotify exclusive questions that we post every week there's a poll and then a question and answer that we do uh, so uh, feel free to uh to uh, interact with us that way uh, we you can subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash the pod tower that helps us out as well. If you would like, that's a free way to do that. Like our videos when they're posted, subscribe to the channel. Uh, those are ways to support us as well. Uh, more free ways to help us out. Subscribe to us on your uh, favorite social media page, whether that's Twitter or Instagram at DCAU Review. Um, you can interact with Liam, as we mentioned at the top of the show. He runs our Twitter account and uh, does a great job. So we always love talking with people who listen to the show, talk about uh, DCAU stuff and other DC stuff. Heck, uh, you know, and maybe even stuff outside of that as well. So 
uh, follow us at DCAU Review. If uh, if you want to throw a couple of your hard-earned dollars our way, I'm great. We're incredibly grateful for anybody that chooses to do so, especially uh, in these uh, these unprecedented times. It's been a while since I used that line. Uh, in these <laughs> unprecedented times. So if, if you do, would like to do so, a couple ways you could do that. There is a link at the bottom of our, our anchor site uh, and at the bottom of our podcast if you would like to uh, to donate directly or you can head over to dcaureview.com and head over to our store and get yourself a shirt or a hat, a mug or a sticker. Support us that way. Uh, we, we love our supporters. We love our listeners and appreciate anybody that takes time and uh, recognize that whatever way you can support us, uh, free or otherwise, we 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 are thankful and, and grateful for you. Uh, and if uh, if you choose to support us in any of those ways, man, you uh, you are on another level. So thank you so much. But uh, Liam, we're staying in the future. Coming back next week with another review. However, we'll be shifting gears for next week, uh, which means that that's right. You dozens and dozens of Zeta fans rejoice. <laughs> as we'll be covering the Zeta project next week. And uh, let's talk about our review of next week's episode. That's right. So uh, as we've talked about, normally with our non-Batman shows, we kind of jump around and we maybe pick an arc or, or you know, a theme for the month. I have no such creative juices for this Zeta show because I've never seen it before, <laughs> except for the first episode that we've already reviewed. So I think we're just going to go in order with this show. And I think because there's like sequential storytelling, kind of like what we talked about with the uh, Young Justice last week, I think it would be maybe a little difficult for us to jump around uh, with that being the case. So we're just picking up right where we left off. Season one, episode two next week, entitled His Makers. Sorry, say that title again. Season two, uh, season one, episode two, episode is going to be entitled His Maker's Name. Aha. All right. Well, you and I will go on this journey together and explore places uh, we have we have never been before. So can't wait to check out that episode with you next week. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DC Review. Bye-bye.